0: Of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There is a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light John testified to him and cried out, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God it is, God, the only, it is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. The word of the Lord.
1: Way before the capitalist takeover of Christmas, the numbing monoculture of big box retail, before children became a target demographic for profit-seeking vultures. I mean, really, ever since the Earth began, this season was the darkest season. It's not just the ubiquity of stuffed Spongebob square pants wearing a Santa hat. Have other people been seeing these garish yellow dolls everywhere? Or am I hallucinating? It's not just how many trees were killed to make Disney-themed Christmas wrapping paper or the conditions factory workers in Bangladesh have to suffer to, pay, to prepare for our cheap goods holiday extravaganza. It's not just that every store has the same vapid merchandise, chocolate bars with bacon in the upscale gift shops, collapsible back scratchers shaped like bear paws at Walgreens, Walmart, Walmart and Holiday Station stores. It's not just grams, matching holiday PJs for the whole family including the cats and dogs. It's that part of our planet is tilted away from the sun. For sure, consumer culture has done an excellent job of making the dark, darker. But when the very earliest rituals surrounding the coming of the darkest day of the year were practiced thousands of years ago, People honestly didn't know if they would live through the winter. People starved to death. They froze to death. I often say I'm freezing to death. Usually I'm not. <laughs> but people did, literally. People began feasting at this time of year because it's when they would slaughter their livestock so they wouldn't have to feed them all throughout the winter. So there was fresh meat. And the wine and the beer put up in the fall had fermented by this time. So you make a bonfire, you get some roast beast, you prepare to do some drinking. Make merry because you might not make it out of the winter alive. We need light to live, seriously, and we need the warmth of the sun, and there's not a time of the year when we have less of it. As long as humans have existed in the northern climates, they've been trying to deal with this darkness. I like that in people. Bring in the yule log and the eggnog and the fermented barley and rye, the single malted malted barley especially. This is one of my favorite parts of the season, really. What's left over from some of these celebrations, the ancient fire festivals of the winter solstice. You bring something green and living into your house, and you put lights on it, And you decorate it, and you make it festive, and that helps you get through the darkest days of the year. I really believe in this. And cooking some special, delicious food. I think this actually works to ward off the depression lingering in our DNA from when the cold and the dark winter brought death near for real. And if you're not feeling even remotely depressed this season, maybe you should be. <laughs> Individual emotional well-being might be inappropriate given the circumstances. If the back scratchers and the pajamagrams and the lack of light don't do it to you, Consider the CIA, your very own country's intelligence agency, brutally torturing innocent people threatening to rape their wives and abuse their children. Consider what climate change is going to do to the lives of the next generation. Think of Terminator seeds. Corporations actually genetically altering seeds so that they can't reproduce. So poor farmers can't save their seeds. They have to buy them from corporations every year. Consider how we have destroyed the most basic elements of life, seeds, carcinogens in the food, hormone-disrupting chemicals in the air we breathe. When protesters from Ferguson tried to shut down St. Louis shopping malls on Black Friday, moonlighting police and rehires from Blackwater USA and federal security agencies surrounded the malls, with dogs, automatic weapons, even tanks and helicopters. To make sure that people protesting police brutality and racism would not stop the shopping. If you're not shopping, if you deign to interfere with shopping, you become suspect. They put your name on a list somewhere. Fa-la-la-la-la. It seems like every time I look at Facebook, there's some new thing going around about the wonderful beauty of optimists. They are so great and they are so successful. And if you aren't naturally an optimist, you can, you should, you must be. You can cultivate this quality that can extend your life, boost your energy, and make you happy now this 10 second attitude makeovers this read 15 ways you can become an optimist and improve your life slide number 1 avoid negative people and refrain from encountering bad vibes i'm not sure what that means for the sick and the poor and the sad and the broken hearted Slide number two, know that life is not fair and be okay with that. Seriously. Eric Garner, Mike Brown, Guantanamo Bay. Slide number three, optimists understand that it takes hard work to stay optimistic. Well, what I wonder as if it might be a good idea to take some of that hard work and instead of spending it on an attitude makeover, use it to make the world a little more fair. The empire requires optimism. It's key to the success of corporate America. This belief in the power of positive thinking started as a marginal 19th century healing technique but it has moved to enshrinement as a dominant, almost mandatory cultural attitude. Though it often seems like blindness to to me, Wall Street requires this as the posture of the people. Don't focus on the negatives, poverty, mass incarceration, climate change. Our country depends on consumer confidence and a numbing sort of fog that passes for happiness. John the Baptist, the Advent prophet, emerges out of this cloying fog, and I don't know if I've ever been so glad to see him. Bedraggled, unshaven, the scent of the wilderness clinging to his camel hair, He is neither particularly happy nor particularly optimistic. Maybe more Scrooge than Santa. This actually seems refreshing to me. Optimists avoid negative people and bad vibes. John said to the multitudes that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Optimists have a purpose that helps them overcome obstacles and stress with a positive attitude. Even now, John the Baptist said, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. He who is mightier than I is coming. He will baptize you with fire. The chaff he will burn with unquenchable, unquenchable fire. Optimists take care of their bodies by eating well. I don't really think that locusts qualify as eating well. In most of the biblical passages that mention them, locusts are consumers, not consumables. They eat and gnaw and ravage fields, they aren't eaten. They swarm in vast numbers, causing famine, reaping destruction. John the Baptist eats these consumers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Not to make him seem threatening to our consumer holiday. Optimists embrace action and are constantly adapting their strategies and goals like entrepreneurs. John goes to prison and gets his head cut off because he won't adapt his strategies in order to work with the king. I don't think that entrepreneur is a word that really suits John the Baptist very well. Optimists focus on what they're doing right and recognize their accomplishments. John isn't concerned with his accomplishments. That's what our text for tonight is about. He defers any sense that he's accomplished anything. All these people come up to him. They think he's somebody. The Messiah or Elijah. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. So then they say, what do you say about yourself then? And far from listing some things that he feels proud of, though he may have had some, like, I'm a strong man, wilderness man. He says, I am a voice, a wisp, crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. John the Baptist is the first witness to Jesus this light coming into the world. And he is so far from a Pollyanna. He is so unconcerned about his image. I love that about him. And I love that about all the prophets of the Bible. Their main objective was definitely not to be nice. Because the world is not fair or just. And they are not okay with that. I think it might be good to remember this prophetic spirit as we wait for the birth of Christ into the world. Though it is a little bit more uncomfortable, maybe, than it is holly jolly. From the very beginning of the Judeo-Christian faith, as soon as this gracious and merciful and loving God began to be conceived of, the faithful have been waiting for the advent of justice, peace, compassion, grace upon grace to transform the world. This has always been the hope waiting for the light. The Gospel of John says that the light is in the world. But it's quite obvious if you look around that we are still waiting. But it is true that if there was zero light, like places where there is absolutely no light in a deep, dark cave, you're hopelessly blind. You can't see anything. But if there is some light, even a little bit of light, your eyes will eventually adjust. Can you see anything? The thing about the light is that it illumines the darkness so that you can see into it. It makes the darkness known. People aren't always that into that. We like our darkness more hidden not exposed but the light is coming into the world and it is exposing the darkness this very year exposing the cia's grisly torture methods police brutality racism the frightening extent of climate change the protests around the deaths of eric garner and michael brown This is the light shining in the darkness, exposing it, the light coming into the world. It's not quite the holodazzle parade, but perhaps it is the sort of fire that the world needs. I really love the metaphors in the Gospel of John. Jesus is light, Jesus is food, Jesus is water, blood. Jesus says, eat me and live. This sounds crazy and beautiful. It's not like you must give your intellectual assent to my lordship. It's like, take me into your body Make me part of your cells, your lifeblood. Blood transports oxygen to the body tissue, and it gets rid of the carbon dioxide. It transports disease-fighting substance to the tissue and waste to the kidney. Maybe Jesus actually works in us like that somehow. Light absorbed through our skin enables our bodies to use vitamins and minerals. Maybe the love of God is something like that. Like light and blood and food. Utterly essential and utterly transforming. The world was made through him and without him there is no life. Maybe that is actually true on every level. At a cellular level, a molecular level, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. God is with us. Jesus is food for the hungry, water for the thirsty, light that shines in the darkness. That's quite a bit different than being some guru that provides a sort of optimism that helps corporations bloom. It's like fire to the systems and structures that falsely pose as the keepers of law and order. Jesus liberates the oppressed. He is not the preserver and defender of the status quo. He upends it. We are still waiting. This is what Advent is about. Charlie Brown. We are waiting for the transformation of the world. There isn't actually a beautiful baby Jesus in the Gospel of John. There's a grown-up Jesus, who in a matter of 21 pretty short chapters is brutally tortured and executed by his own people and the religious and political structures that preserve the order of his day. The Gospels that do have the baby don't really linger that long on the sweet breath of the infant. They move briskly toward his death and resurrection. That frees us to no longer participate in the structures of death and violence and oppression and scapegoating. This isn't a sweet major scene, but from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace which we need, which the world needs, like food and like water and like light, really, to survive. We need it that much, seriously. The light is in the world, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you see anything? Even a little flame? Blow on it. Gently, make it into a fire. The everlasting joy is not really something for the individual to enjoy in the privacy of his gated community. It isn't about instant happiness for you. It's for everyone or no one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The world, that's really the point. God's not about providing cheery optimism for capitalists. God is about loving and transforming the world. If you want someone to rub your feet, cool, I get that. Ask a friend or ask your spouse. You want God's love? Well, you have it, of course. But I think it's sort of like a little bit more dangerous than that. Marvelous and delightful and wonderful, but it's not like eating candy. It's about transforming the world. We need the light of Jesus, the light of grace, like we need our blood and our bones and the sun. We should eat it. Let it it heal our cells and hearts and minds. And then maybe we can become grace. And maybe slowly and surely, grace will overthrow the status quo.